Good morning. You guys sound great this morning. Hey Amen. We are going to be in the uh, the book of Mark. We're here. We're starting. Uh, as is, uh, you know, we are. Our theme for the year is going to be "Follow Me." As many of us have already heard that uh, that beautiful phrase, that uh, Jesus, that invitation uh, for us, for his disciples, and for us as well to follow him. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. We're going to look at that. Uh, throughout the first part of the year in the book of Mark. So go ahead and turn there. I'm going to go ahead and, and pray. So I have a special prayer request. Uh, so we'll start off praying here. Uh, Vernetta Andrews uh, got admitted to the hospital this, uh, just recently here for, due to serious illness. Uh, so, it says, so let's be praying. Let's pray for her uh, as well as pray just to pray. So, uh, amen. She's at Johnson Willis Hospital, room 307, just for people who want to know and be able to stop by or call. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, God, that you are in control of our lives. Uh, God, that we can um, uh, surrender to you in so many ways. Uh, Father, uh, especially in this way of discipleship, uh, God, it is such an amazing call. uh, One that we consistently and always need to look to. Uh, I know, God, just uh, uh, studying these these things out in Mark, God, is, is humbling. Uh, Father, just what it really does take to be a disciple, uh, not what we normally would expect, uh, Father, not the ways of the world, uh, the craftiness of men, uh, but really the humility uh, of someone broken, uh, the humility that even Jesus himself displayed, uh, even though he is king, God, he is Lord. And, uh, Father, we um, are just so uh, uh, amazed by you, God. And I know by reading the book of Mark, we will be amazed some more. And I do pray for the sermon, God, uh, that you would really <coughs> work through it. Uh, help uh, just to speak through me, God. Help the, the scriptures just to really pop out uh, and convict us and help us to really put them into practice. I do have to pray a special prayer for uh, Vanetta Andrews, God. Um, please be with the doctors. Uh, God, please be working, uh, just your hand, God, working to heal her uh, during this time. We love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the uh, India group. You guys see that? It's a Facebook, so it's a little faded. I don't know if you can really see it. No, but they're all uh, they're all doing great. Um, does that have a pointer on here? Oh, that's not it. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so there's everybody. I think that's Tony. If you can't tell, there's Dominic. Some people stand out. Uh, Dominic back here. <laughs> Dominic stands out in India. Amen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so they're all doing great. Uh, you know, I've heard some great things. I'm sure if you're on Facebook, you've probably seen this already. Uh, but it is, that is awesome that we've just uh, been able to send them over there, and they're going to come back. They'll be back this weekend, and we'll be able to hear back from them and all the amazing things and, and great things that have been happening over there. So that is super exciting. Uh, so the book of Mark is also very exciting. And uh, we are going to begin that this morning. So, you know, Mark, just a little bit of a background, uh, I don't want to go too far into it, but, you know, Mark is, uh, is, is like, it's like the action-packed gospel. Uh, you know, he, Mark sometimes spends very little time on Jesus' teachings, <laughs> you know, as where the other ones go into great detail and kind of long and lots of parables, like, uh, especially in Matthew and, uh, and Luke, uh, where Mark is, man, he's, he, just, he just wants to tell you what Jesus did. 
You know, man, it's and it's, it's short and it's short, it's the shortest of all the gospels. It's to the point, uh, and it's and it, it is action packed. You know, and we do see uh, uh, most likely a Gentile audience. Uh, Mark was Mark was writing to perhaps perhaps Christian, perhaps probably mixture Christian non Christian. Um, but uh, we see that they, for a lot of reasons. But some of the big ones I think are that there are no there are not a lot of Old Testament quotations as we read through the, the book of Mark. And he often explains a lot of the Jewish customs. Uh, so we kind of see a lot of... So it helps us. <laughs> uh, Mark, is, Mark is a great gospel uh, to, to, to really read and, and really get a picture of Jesus uh, for the lay person. The person who's not accustomed to all the, the Jewish traditions. Uh, and then uh, it, it, is the, it is the shortest and thought to be the earliest gospel recorded. Uh, so as we do enter in, we'll see many themes... Uh, throughout this book, but uh, really one that we can really get behind, following Jesus. Amen. And we'll start here in, in verse, in starting chapter 1. It says, The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophets, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothes made of camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will become one more powerful than I. The thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, and that he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open, and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from, he- from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. You know, uh, an awesome beginning. Uh, very powerful. You know, we see the, uh, the opening verse of, of uh, Mark's Gospel is, is really a statement. It's a verbalist phrase. It just says, hey, this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's not talking about his book. You know, he's not talking about, hey, this is, this is the start of my, my, my book about Jesus. This, this is actually, this is the beginning of the gospel. Meaning the, the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so, it's, and so the beginning is John the Baptist. You know, John, uh, the gospel started with the preaching of John the Baptist. You know, John comes on the scene as the last Old Testament prophet. You know, it's quite a long time since, since Malachi to, to John the Baptist is 400 so years. Uh, and so, you know, John the Baptist comes on the scene, begins pre- preaching this, uh, this message, uh, this baptism, about this baptism for repentance, for the forgiveness of sins. And, uh, you know, what is, what is John the Baptist known for? Thank <laughs> you. 
You see that? A fairy just it says, Merry Christmas, you brood of vipers. Now repent. This is what Google comes up with when you, when you uh, Google John the Baptist. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of what we know, John. That's kind of what we, I think about John the Baptist. Like, yeah, he's a guy, wild, crazy, out in the desert, saying you got to repent. Uh, you know, and he, and he does have this uh, kind of air about him. Like, you know, it's, even though, as you see, he kind of preaches the same message as Jesus, but we think John the Baptist, oh man, he's a wild guy. He's out there, and, you know, uh, he's preaching in the desert, you know, all, all crazy, I guess, like this guy looks. Uh, but, uh, you know, the theme of, of, the, of this lesson, of, of this beginning, is that the path to following Jesus is paved with repentance. You know, repentance, I think, you know, I think sometimes we hear stuff like this, they're like, oh, start shaking, huh? You know, John the Baptist screams, hey, repent. You know, Jesus say, the repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Sometimes it's, it can be a little uneasy feeling. Somebody's telling you to repent. Uh, you're like, well, okay, well, what do I do? What's, what's wrong? Uh, you know, this is how that path, this is how the path leading to Jesus' ministry was paved. With his call to repentance with John's preaching. You know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of different paths that are, that are made, trails and, and roads that have been, that have been made. You know, I, I, first thing I thought about was, you know, the, all, the olden day, all the roads that went out west, all those tra- trails and paths that were blazed out west, you know, so many of them. You know, I think, man, those, are, those were some intense, intense trails. You know, I, I remember the one that stuck up to me the most was the Oregon Trail. You learn about that in like, elementary school, and you get to play a little game. If you're, I don't know if you guys remember. This is like before all this games today. But you play the little Oregon Trail game. You know, I remember that. I don't remember much from like elementary school at all. I have a terrible memory. But I remember playing Oregon Trail. And you know, honestly, honest God, I thought the, the I thought there was no end to the game. I thought you just you just played until you, your whole family died. That that was I really thought I was like there's no there's no point to the game. You just keep playing and then you know you die. It, it just happens. You know, it, it was a it was a path of pa- paved, you know, with with pain, with death. The, you know, it, that's the that was the impression I had of the Oregon Trail. It was. It's not the same for Christianity. Sometimes we feel that way, though. You know, we treat it that way sometimes. Oh, the pain and agony of being a disciple, of having to follow Jesus. We associate that word repent with. Oh man. I don't want to do that. It's painful, agonizing, not fun. It messes up my, my life. You know, it, it, it's just something we need to do. You know, I, I want to incur, I want to get that reward in the end, so I guess it's just something I need to do. Suck it up. You know, or we think, man, it, it may or may not pan out for me. I'm going to take this trail, and I hope it does. Uh, you know, much like the, you know, the, the gold rush out west. You know, I don't th- the 49ers and all those, those guys. And I know they're playing today, right? I don't think any 49ers fans, but I know Ryan is. Ryan Green, but that's it. Anyways, you know, the 49ers, uh, you know, they, they, they made their way. It was like most of them went out to thousands, hundreds of thousands, to where, where only maybe a couple thousand were there before. Hundreds of thousands. Uh, and, you know, some had paid it out. Some became rich and wealthy. Most of them left with the... Basically the same thing they had, you know, maybe less uh, than what they had when they got there. But sometimes we think that's, that's the expectation. 
You know, as we get on this path of trying to follow Jesus, we think, ah, I hope something good happens. Not really sure. <laughs> Seems hard. Seems like a long way to go. But again, the path of following Jesus pays with repentance. And you think that's something that, that if, that's the, if that's your picture of it, well, let's, let's try to understand repentance a little bit. You know, maybe, maybe you are thinking, like, that sounds like a whole lot of pain and agony, taking this, this path uh, of repentance. You know, possibly how repentance is defined, even, even today, uh, a lot of times, it's just regrets or deep sorrow for past sins. It's, uh, it's really not a great word. To, because it, there's no English word that really describes the, the, the original Greek idea of metanoia. Which, you know, if you've been around here a little while, you've probably heard that word metanoia. Uh, and rightfully so, we probably should talk about it, because I, I even read in other commentaries, you know, not even uh, you know, associated with our church or anything, but it's, it's probably the, most, the worst translated word in the Bible. <laughs> uh, because it's so hard to capture the real idea of repentance. And, uh, you know, for us, I think, when we start to think about that, ag- oh, that terrible trail, and we have to, you know, oh, that's going to be so hard, I don't, I don't really want to do this, but I know I need to, I think we start to think about the worldview of repentance, you know, the misinterpretation, the, uh, the way we've, we've seen it for probably hundreds, th- or th- you know, hundreds of years, uh, I think it's zapped into our mind that it's just, man, we just feel this sorrow, we walk around, you know, about our sins, just, ugh. Man, I've sinned again. Oh man, you know, this is, this is terrible, this is so hard. You know, but even, even worse, when it was originally translated, you know, the, the Latin Bible was probably the most common Bible for a very long time. <laughs> uh, really the only one until, you know, really the, the King James and all that stuff. You know, it was, uh, you know, it, for a long, long time, it was, it, and it translated this uh, metanoia, into a Latin, this Latin word of penitentia. And, uh, you know, penitentia, more than this idea of penance. We feel penitent, we, we, are, we, are, we, we pay this penance. And it's really a, a voluntary self-punishment to atone for sin. So then we're, we decide, okay, I've sinned, I'm just going to punish myself by, again, feeling like I've got to take this, this path. I've got to, man, I've got to punish myself and and not live a, maybe live the way I want to live, I just got to live a, this other way. You know, and just stay quiet and just try not to sin. You know, it's, a, it's an intense feeling, <clears throat> this penitentiary, an intense feeling of regret about our sins. But it, it kind of stops there. You know, and it even to the extent in the, uh, you know, the early in the Catholic Church, you know, before the Reformation and everything, they were actually, you know, man, you sin, you pay the penance. You know, this is one of the things that Martin Luther, and it's, you know, one of his biggest, uh, you know, issues that he wrote about in the 95 Theses that he posted, where a lot of them were about this idea of penance and, re- and repentance, uh, to, to correct this idea. Uh, so, you know, but as we see, even, uh, even now, as we see even drawing from this, the beginning of, of Mark's Gospel, it is far from these ideas. It is far from these, ugh, you know, oh, I guess I'm going to take this, this, this penance, uh, penitentia idea. Uh, the idea of metanoia is, is, is to turn about. It's a deliberate change of mind resulting in a change of direction and thoughts and behavior. It's like this, it's this new start, this new perspective 
this amazing, you know, uh, insight. And man, it's, it's, it's like everything's clear. It's like, man, it's exciting. It, it definitely is way more of this excitement, although it obviously has to do with us realizing our sin. There's so much more uh, to do with our excitement. My first point the voice in the desert. You know, in this time when this happened, you know, the, John was the, uh, as it says, it's a quotation from, actually, it's, it's two quotations. It only says Isaiah, but they commonly just did that, the more prominent prophet. But it's actually Malachi and Isaiah, basically saying the same thing. Malachi is the first part, Isaiah, uh, the second part, uh, voice of the one calling in the desert is Isaiah. You know, and basically, uh, it's, this is this is the this is the pronouncement the the the, uh, the original uh, prophecy about about what would happen, and so here it is. It's John the Baptist, you know. And, it, and instead of maybe what what people might think, he's a voice. He's out in the desert areas. He's not in the city. Uh, and it, but it was an exciting atmosphere. You know, Mark announces from the get go that that this was the beginning of the gospel, meaning the good news about Jesus Christ. You know, this, the, the Greek word, uh, or Christ is this Greek word for anointed one. It's the same as Messiah. It also means anointed one in Hebrew. And so you have, man, Mark making this proclamation as well in his gospel, kind of like, okay, uh, you know, he's also the son of God. You know, he makes this factual statement uh, to Mark's readers, and, you know, that for us, but often when we read it later, no one really understands this. Uh, no, nobody gets this. Um... Not even someone we read it and we don't we don't get it. Uh, we even we even get told of these things straightforward and we still don't get them. Uh, but you know, but you know, four hundred years again since Malachi, uh, chapter three, verse five, which is which says, "See, I will send you the prophet Elijah." I think I have that actually. Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, so, see, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And so this is, the, this is the proclamation in Malachi that, hey, leaves off here, picks up 400 years later. You think there could be a little excitement about Elijah coming back, the spirit of Elijah coming back on the scene in a, in a, in a, in a prophet. You know, can you imagine, you know, waiting and waiting and one day hearing that this guy is preaching in the desert this, this message? You know, and not, to, not to mention... His garments, you know, uh, plus his message, he's, he pretty much equaled Elijah. This is Elijah wore pretty much the same thing. Uh, you know, so, man, so they hear about this guy wearing hairs and got the blood of the bell around his waist. He's preaching this message that is so similar to Elijah that they're like, man, this guy's for real. Even though there are plenty of people preaching in this time. Uh, this is, they, other guys think, this is the guy. We're going to travel outside the city from all over to go see this guy. Uh... And it says, man, all, from all Judea and countryside, as well as those in Jerusalem, came out to him. You know, all the, the accounts make mention of this. This, you know, uh, this extreme you know, turnout to this prophet in the desert uh, preaching. You know, there had been other messianic claims at different times, even just before this, but also after this. Uh, but all the people you know, that I read through, you know, they basically all were leading revolts. In the cities against the government, you know. So, none of them really fulfilled this. Some of these prophecies about how 
Jesus would come on the scene, the Messiah would come on the scene. You know, but all these uh, other messianic claims were basically, they were these revolutionary kind of things against the governments. Uh, free, they were free, you know, freeing God's people so they would get the, kind of the title, okay, maybe this is it, maybe this is Messiah. But eventually these guys were all crushed. These rebellions never lasted. Um, and, uh, and it was very different. You know, but now it's, it's the deserts and not the city. You know, I think it's hard for us to imagine because we're not waiting. You know, they, they were waiting. If you can imagine, they were waiting. Uh, the excitement. We, you know, we, we look back, we, we see this, but we're not necessarily waiting for it. We know it's happened. We should have the same kind of excitement, but, you know, it's, it's almost, we've got to get there. We've got to put ourselves in, in their shoes. Surely for them, they welcomed repentance with excitement. So, man, it, it's happening. Sure, yeah, we know. We, we, we know our past. We know how rebellious we've been. We, we know our sins. You know, they're written down. <laughs> we can read them. Man, yeah, repentance. Yeah, well, tur- turning away, yes. You know, the excitement. Messiah. The final, God's sa- final salvation. You know, the desert did have significance for them. This is where they were tested and often failing. And remembering, uh, they really failed in what they remembered. Remembering what God had done. You know, and they grumbled against Moses. You know, they desired to go back to Egypt. You know, but they also connected them with the, in the desert with relying completely on God. They would have thought, oh man, yeah, the desert time, we had to completely rely on God for everything. Manna, water, not to get killed by the, you know, the Egyptians or you know, other nations. Uh, to, to survive, you know, they, for the clothes not to wear out, all these different, they had a complete reliance as well. The desert definitely meant a lot of things. Now John the Baptist out in the desert preaches. You know, so they went out. So the people here, they go out confessing their sins and getting baptized by John. So too, they, they would have been familiar with baptism. You know, converts, even to Judaism, uh, they, went to, they underwent a, a type of baptism. You know, uh, uh, but basically, it was a self-immersion, though. No one actually baptized them. Uh, but, you know, but now God's people were undergoing a baptism by being immersed in the, in the river by John. So people, these are already Jews. These are God's people uh, now being baptized by some, God, some prophet in the desert. You know, but it was... They, they did recognize. And they, uh, in, in a sense, they, they marked, uh, this baptism marked the turn of a Jew to God. It identified them with the repentant people who were preparing for the coming Messiah. You know, different still, obviously, from the Christian baptism. Later on, we see in Acts. You know, John comes baptizing for, the, for you know, look at the preparatory, looking forwards. Uh, you know, the, the baptism, of course, we see in Acts is, man, it's the same thing, right? The same kind of call of, hey, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, as we see in Acts 2. But now, just like John says here, the addition with the Holy Spirit. Not only do you have your sins forgiven, you know, that Jesus has come, Jesus has, was crucified, but Jesus raised. And so now, in the Acts, it's, man, you too have this opportunity to, to, to participate in Jesus through baptism. You know, so, very, so a different baptism, just in case you're wondering about that, you know, a very different baptism 
uh, you know, John's only lasted. John's baptism only lasted up to the point when was it G- the Christ's uh, Jesus' baptism took over, the Christian baptism took over. Uh, so many, uh, but there are so many different types. You know, all different types came out to see John. If you turn over, or you can you can read that. Uh, you can turn over there. It's Matthew three, in verse seven. And so very, the first part uh, before verse 7 is very similar to uh, what we just read in, in, in Mark. So, you know, John's clothes were made of camel's hair and leather. And, uh, you know, so they came out, they were confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan. But in verse 7, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers. There it is. Who warned you, from the flee, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruits will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hands. And he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Uh, <coughs> in, this, in this account, and we see different types of people, not just these very repentant people coming out to John. We see those who saw their sins like these people who repented and were baptized we see those who saw their sins repented and would later follow we also see those that didn't uh, and John called them a brood of vipers they came out they didn't see their sin they didn't see their needs and exposed you know John even exposed the excuse that we have Abraham as our father this, this, this mindset that they would have come out thinking well, we're coming to check this out. You know, maybe we need to, you know, kind of get in line with what you're saying here. Uh, but, you know, we, we're, okay. we're okay. We have Abraham as our father. Uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to come humbly like these other guys. And, you know, but it's, 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 it was a different mindset. And so, you know, John, the way he, he preaches, you brood of vipers, who told you? You know, who even told you to come out here? You know, you're not, you're not, you're not in the right place. Your hearts aren't in the right place. You're not repenting. Produce fruits in keeping with repentance. You know, he is this guy out in the desert. In uh, Luke, Luke chapter 1. This is Zechariah. So, John, John the Baptist's father. I'm going to turn there. You don't have to turn there. It's up here. So, in Luke chapter 1, verse 76... Zechariah, it's, it's, it's this uh, song of Zechariah, he, he says in verse 76, And you, talking about John the Baptist, from his own child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness, and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet 
into the path of peace. This was the proclamation. This was the prophecy. John shows up in the desert, not in the city, where people might expect a Messiah to show up. If you're going to get a lot of people to rise up and, and defeat the government and save Israel, you probably want to be where all the people are in the city, rather than out here by yourself in the desert hoping that a few people come out to you. But they were obviously not interested in that. Uh, and so, so, so subtle, but so uh, even uh, revolutionary, this idea that from Zechariah, as he prophecies uh, about what's to happen, that his son will prepare for a, a savior who would forgive the sins of their own people. <laughs> not, not even mentioning the sins of the Romans, <laughs> who in the minds of the, of the Israelites would have been so terrible and oppressive. You know, if, if you're a slave, you think, man, the sins of my slave owner are way worse than my sins, for sure. But no. You know, the, the message that John shows up in the desert. You know, leading. You know, John's message, you know, to, to prepare their hearts, God's people's hearts, for salvation from their own sins, not the Romans. You know, the desert had to do with the people's hearts and not oppression, not bondage, not their circumstances. You know, the Israelites once in the desert, you know, they, they'd been in the desert before. And guess what? The majority of them wanted to go back. Why? Their hearts. They weren't ready to deal with their own stubborn hearts. They were stiff-necked. And so here, they're, they're, it's, just, it's just called to, to repent, to, 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 to make, get your hearts ready for the Messiah. Now for us, are you just showing up? You know, we hoping, you know, hoping that something Positive will come out of it. But not de- ready to, and willing to deal with your heart. With your own sin. You know, I think we've got to ask ourselves this question. This is how people came out. You know, you're either here with your heart, ready to, ready to hear this message about the coming Messiah and follow Him, or you're going to come with your heart hardened. With your, you're not willing to deal with it. With your, with your heart and your sins with you. Uh, not confessing, not being open, and it is going to be hard to follow. And you're not going to. Uh, that's, that's, so our call for the year to follow Jesus, it's great. It's inspiring. We're all here because we want to do it. But where is your heart right now? Because if it's, it's, we can all show up. We've got to see where is our heart. It's like many people were here with John the Baptist, hearing John the Baptist preach. And so many were hard-hearted. So many would, would turn away. You know, and it says even in Matthew 11, a great description of uh, uh, Jesus gives of John the Baptist. He says, hey, what, are you, what are you looking for? Somebody like a king? No, no, no. You're, this, is, this crazy guy out in the desert, you know, preaching. But you know, he, he talks about John's, man, how great of a prophet. Man, no one up until this time, had been as, as great a prophet as John. And he talks about him in that, in that kind of, with that kind of heart and rights. Uh, and so, even there, you know, and he says to the, those, those opposing him, the Pharisees, you know, you said John was demon-possessed. That was your reaction. 
So sometimes you know, we come, we hear these things in our hearts. We're not ready. We don't want to hear it. But however, some obviously came out to John confessing and repenting. And they were excited because the Messiah was coming. We've got to get there. My second point is, can you follow? And last point. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking, sure, hey, this sounds like a great theme. I can try this. Sounds great. But make sure you, are you thinking about what could stop you? You know, when we get, we got to get more specific. What kind of fruit are you producing right now? You know, you gotta love how John straight to the point. Because, you know, it's, it's great. You can say whatever you want, but he goes, fruits. Let me see fruits. What kind of fruit are you producing? How are you at attending meetings of the body? You know, I don't want to just say, hey, how's church attendance going? You know, hey, you know, it's, I think that, that mentality, I think we're so accustomed uh, to kind of our culture that, hey, you know, church shopping and, you know, come to church when you want to and when you feel like it, when the Spirit moves you. Uh, but no, how... Think about fruits. Think about what are you doing? What are you committed to? Are you committed to following Jesus? Well, I don't think you're probably doing that out there by yourself. Because Jesus, the body of Jesus is right here. You know, we've we got to see that church attendance, I think we've got to get more thinking about this way. Sometimes we can feel weird about saying... Man, where, where were you? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, try, you know, try to make it next time. Uh, you know, and just kind of and make it surfacy. But that, that, there's something there if we can't get on board. So if we can't repent in how we view the body of Christ and how we view how it is we're connected to Him. Part of the vine, part of the body. You know, there, there aren't any other analogies that could be any more close-knit uh, of how we should be in Christ. But what kind of fruit are you producing? You may have excuses. That's for you. That's, that's for hopefully you to be confessing to whoever's in your life. Confessing to somebody about, hey, are these good? Is this okay? Is it, do you think this is right? Uh, I want to be committed. You know, where should I be? Man, getting input. About your job. About your other commitments. You got to be radical. You got to repent in these ways. How is your Bible study? We had a great leaders retreat. Yeah. I didn't mention it until now because I have it in my lesson here. Because man, it's, it was powerful. Uh, you know, it was it was all about back to the basics, and it was exciting because it was just about hey, read your Bible and do what it says. <laughs> and the promise of that, you're going to have the best year of your life as a Christian. Guess what? If you pick up your Bible and you read it, and then you do what it says, it's going to be an amazing year for you as a Christian. That's it. <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, you know, but I think sometimes we make it more complex. We think, man, oh, they're going to talk about all these, some of these strategies and, and I don't want, and maybe all these ideas of human, you know, this, this guy's ideas versus this guy's ideas. No. It's about following the basics. It's about being a disciple. We get excited about that. But of course, the call is if it's going to be your best year ever, you have to go after the Word of God like you never have before. Like, it's your best efforts. And I was convicted. I was like, man, am I, 
well, how am I not putting forth the best effort? And I went back and looked at my quiet times. And I was like, okay, I, I like this idea here. Uh, hey, I, I noticed this here. I kind of made a general statement here. But I didn't have any, how am I going to put this into practice? Not many. Not many when I was, when I was honest with myself. I was like, nah. Okay, you know, and one of the things was familiarity, how that breeds. Uh, just this, uh, this lack of, of this, this contempt and this, like, you know, apathy. So well, I've heard this a million times. You know, and so, I, so I was like, oh, let me, see if this, let me see if this proves true. I picked up Acts 2, 40, 42 through 47. You know, the, the, the devoted to the... I picked that up and I just started writing. How am I going to do this? I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I've seen this so many times. And yet, it's so simple, and I just don't write what I'm going to do that day. And somebody, what did I do? I, I said, okay, I'm going to ask people about the scriptures they're reading. I'm going to share my quiet time with somebody. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say, hey, you know, I'm going to try to pray. I'm going to break bread. I'll have people in my home and eat. It was simple. And it was mind-blowing. Make, but you've got to make a plan. You know, you've got to make a plan to go after the scriptures in this way. That was the other thing. And so when we think about, you know, we look at the fruits. Say how you know, I want this to be the best year ever, but I want to follow Jesus. What's your plan? What's your plan for Bible study and putting things into practice? And what is your what does your prayer life really look like? Do we get to these? Do we, do we really share and talk about these things? Do we confess these things? I think we talk about some of these. You know, we talk about kind of the obvious some of these obvious issues we have. I, I, you know, impurity, or you know, I've got you know, I have some anger issues, or and I'm not getting along with so and so, and maybe we got to bring it, you guys, we got to bring it back to some of these areas. We need to take a look at these kinds of things more deeply, and even ask, make sure and we're talking about these things in our times with one another. They are they are more holistic. They they encompass kind of everything. And if, how you're going about your, your Bible study is, is going to have so many far-reaching effects. How you're praying has so many far-reaching effects. You know, how we're, how, how we're, if we're showing up has it, with, with the right heart has so many effects. But sometimes we just, hey bro, I don't think you should act that way. Yeah, that's not too Christian. Okay. You know, okay, that covers a little thing. <laughs> And it doesn't even really give us scripture. <laughs> you know, sometimes we, we get in that mode. We've got to expect deeper and more committed and holistic repentance. You know, when we're trying to help one another. Don't get caught up in just correcting those little outward things all the time. And nitpicky, kind of, hey, 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 hey. You get more, you know, as we go, hey, 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 what'd you read? How are you doing? How are you, how's your prayer life? Are you taking this? Are you taking? You know, are you taking the posture of someone who changes his mind so that you can follow Jesus when he arrives? It, it, it's all about this. They came out ready to repent. It was a humble posture. You're know, ready to repent. You know, the, the call is always to follow Jesus. You know, it's it's. But we've got to take this posture. We've got to go after it. You know, we're going to call. We're going to be called to follow Jesus in many ways this this, uh, this year. You know, one of the things is, man, we're going to talk about uh, is how to follow Jesus in fasting and praying. 
the first thing we're going to talk about. Uh, the first quarter. How's, how, how are you ready? Are you ready to do something extreme? Because I hope so if you haven't, because if you've already looked at the calendar, there's an online prayer on there for everybody. How's, how do you feel? <laughs> How's your heart? I mean, are you just thinking about your life and all the things you've got to do? But you've got to go, man, this is what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus did these things. He, he, he expects us to follow him. You know, even Jesus takes this humble posture. It's incredible. John comes out baptizing. John says, I'm a slave. Uh, actually, I'm not, even, I'm, not, I can't even, I'm not even worth to be a slave to Jesus. Because he said, I can't even untie you know, shoelaces, basically. Or, uh, you know, the, the, the sandal. Which is a slave would do that. But John says, I'm not even, I, I'm not even worth, uh, worthy to, un, to do that. Yet, Jesus goes to John. It says, John, you know, not in this account, we see even, there's actually a dialogue that happens, we see in another account of, John, John's like, whoa, 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 you should baptize me, what are you doing? But Jesus says, no, you, you need to baptize me. And Jesus shows something very incredible here, as he steps on the scene, he gets baptized by John. And he steps on in a very non-typical leadership fashion. <laughs> not what we would expect for the Messiah, the one who's to save Israel. To go and, and submit himself. Hey, baptize me. And Jesus humbly. This is a time when, uh, not that Jesus has sin or anything like that, or he needs to repent, but it's, he is identifying with, with John's preaching. He humbly accepts God's designation of himself as the suffering servant. From this point on, he's going towards the cross. He's going to save mankind from their sin. Are you humbly accepting God's call? Are you willing to be put through the testing as Jesus did? Now, there will be some of those times. There will be trials, temptations. Satan will go after you. But are you willing to step in as Jesus did, humbly? You know, Jesus came in, I don't think, not I don't think intentionally going after uh, inviting temptation, with the Spirit, you know, either. But I think Jesus probably went farther in the desert. He said he was fasting and praying for 40 days. So this is my thoughts uh, here. But he probably, probably went in the desert fasting and praying for, for his mission, for his ministry. How he was about to uh, start this mission. And he was going to fast and pray to start off for 40 days. So we're going to do that too. We're going to fast. <laughs> we're gonna, we are going to do some fasting and praying. We're, we're not going to step it up to 40 days yet. But, you know, as he went out there, as he began his ministry, Satan met him there to, to attempt to take him away through shortcuts. You know, we see, we see his temptation in more detail in, in, in Matthew. And uh, it's, it's, it's these shortcuts. Hey, Jesus, I know, you're, I know you're planning to go all this and go to the cross, but hey, why don't you can have a lot of this right now? You know, it's, it's always these shortcuts. Hey, yeah, I know you're hungry. Have some bread right now. It's these shortcuts that Satan is offering. But Jesus, you know, in his steadfastness and his, in his focus on the mission, he, he stays focused. He has scripture stored up in his heart. You know, and even going forward, you know, Jesus identifies himself with John's message. And very similarly, if you even look at Luke 13, he, he preaches a very similar uh, message there about repent. You know, he says, repent or perish, actually, is part of his 
his message uh, in the first part of Luke 13. And very similarly, hey, the, the, the root is at the actually the, 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 the root of the tree. Again, similar, very same as John's, uh, very similar to John's words. Jesus also expected repentance. You know, so as we've already seen all these events unfold, you know, in Jesus coming and. Uh, in his, in, his, in his teachings and his, his ministry and even his crucifixion and his resurrection and his ascension back to heaven we see those already happening at the same time Jesus is always he always expected repentance of his followers to begin but to continue going forward and we've got to in conclusion we've got to have a fuller understanding of repentance and it is awesome it should be exciting. Now, hopefully, we even have this exciting view of going after it right now. Remember the solemn assembly this, year, this time last year. It, it was a great and exciting time. We loved it. Uh, you know, we were going after repentance. Things I heard were like, "Wow, this was so amazing." But hey, we're we're starting this year saying, "Hey, we're going to follow Jesus." We're, we're, follow me is our, is our new uh, theme but it's to say hey just like last year it's about starting off it's repentance we've got to have this repentant heart we've got to we've got to love it too you know it's, it's got to be exciting for us it should be you know when we do I, I believe it's going to make things that much more accessible for us to follow him in all these ways we want to in all these plans we have of doing it you know, it's, it's awesome when you continue to, to read, even seeing this quote uh, of, of John the Baptist, or the quote about John the Baptist from, uh, from Isaiah. In 40, you can go back to read that, but I don't, I don't, I'm not going to take the time to do it right now. <laughs> so we're wrapping up here. But if you see, hey, it's, it's a voice calling on the one in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Isaiah goes on in that, in that part of uh, Isaiah 40, Saying, hey, you know, the, the mountains will be brought down. The valleys raised. This path is now level. You know, I, I, and that's the way it is if we repent. Man, if you don't, if you think you're going to coast through without repenting, you've got a mountain you're going to clobber right into. You're going to fall straight into a valley. So John's talking about his, he's laying, the paths are coming together. It's becoming easier. It's becoming more... Uh, uh, we're able to see clearly when we repent. So we, John's message of repentance was for that purpose. We've got to follow that uh, message as well. If we want to follow Jesus this year, we've got to, to really focus on repentance. And I'll just say, this is the only time this word repentance is in Mark, so don't wait for the next lesson on repentance to come up. Do it now. Uh, I'm sure it'll come. It always, you know, it comes up. But, uh, amen, let's have this mentality. Let's have this heart's Uh, Let's get our hearts in the right place. Let's really follow Jesus this year. Amen. Amen.